Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where each week you will hear topics related to women of faith and entrepreneurship who are cultivating lives of impact that will one day lead to a legacy. My name is Shelley Tyson, and I will be your host each week as we chat with other women who are navigating business, faith, parenthood, and a lot of other topics that relate to building lives that glorify God and serve others abundantly. I hope you enjoy today's episode and are encouraged as you intentionally choose to live a life of impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be able to share an interview today with someone who I look up to so very much. And I'm going to rewind a little bit and tell you a little bit of how I met Lisa and why she is here and why I'm so thrilled to introduce her to you. So Lisa and I went to church together when I was very young. I don't even know how young I was. And I remember looking up to Lisa so much. She was a a mom of beautiful daughters at the time. And I ended up having the privilege of teaching some of them piano lessons way back in the day. And then when I became a mom, that's when I really started to get to know Lisa better. And Lisa really became a mentor of mine. And she taught me one of the most amazing gifts ever, which is to how to train your children to sleep through the night. That was like one of the first things that Lisa gave me. And that is something that I have carried with me through four children. It is because of her that the Tyson household sleeps from seven to seven every night, um, still to this day. And what a gift that's been. But as I got to know Lisa more, I realized that Lisa has a lot more wisdom just beyond teaching babies to sleep through the night. And she is a devoted wife, a mom of now mostly grown children. And she's going to tell you more about that. Um, she's also <laughs> a health coach um, and just a mentor of speaking life into other women. And so I'm excited to introduce her to you and let her tell you a little bit more about how she cultivates impact and legacy in her home. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I would thank love you for having you. me introduce yourself a little bit and tell our audience, um, a little bit about you and your family. Okay. Well, I've been married. It will be 30 years in June. In fact, just this morning, my husband and I were nailing down our anniversary trip that we're going to take in June because we have a lot of choices, but we're, we're going to still do something. So we're excited about that. So in 30 years of marriage, we have five children. They came very differently than I probably would have said, I thought I was going to get married, have kids every couple of years. And, and I ended up um, only having two pregnancies, um, but I have five kids. So the other three are adopted. Um, so we have five children ranging from 28 down to eight. And yes, eight. <laughs> and he is a boy. We have all daughters and they're all pretty much adults. And then we have this precious little boy that came into our life as a foster baby. We thought we were only going to have him for just a couple months. And he ended up being adopted by 17 months. So God had other plans for us. And I was 46 years old when we said, yes, we would take this baby in. So, but he keeps us on our toes. He keeps the numbers on our Fitbit high every day. Cause we are literally um, moving with this little eight-year-old. And for the first time I am a baseball mom. And if you follow me on Facebook, you would realize I love baseball (laughs) and we never had baseball with four daughters. So, but my, um, I do have one married daughter in that bunch and then hopefully some more coming up. So my youngest is in college at Lee university, starting to be, um, studying to be a nurse, um, hopefully 
um, in two years, she'll be a nurse. So very busy, very busy household. Incredible. Um, I mean, it's incredible. I'm like just odd just hearing you talk about like the fact that you have adult grown adult children that are out of the house doing their own thing. And then you have this eight-year-old, it's almost like you were finished as an empty nester. And then you start it over. What in the <laughs> world was that like? Well, the, the 10, my youngest was about 10 and you kind of started seeing that light at the end of yeah. the time, like, okay, honey, eight more years. And guess what? And, um, Ty came into our life and that light went out <laughs> and, you know, but it's all good because my husband and I just did not have the mindset of like being an empty nester sounds, I guess, kind of cool, but I'll be honest with you. I have friends that are empty nesting right now and their life looks really boring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really even know if that would have been for my husband and I. Um, so I think God knew exactly what he was doing by bringing that little guy into our life. Um, it, it changes. I, I think my husband and I are, we've learned a lot by parenting the first four. And then here we are with this little guy. I would say that um, we have learned to relax a little bit <laughs> in a way um, and enjoy what God has given us, um, in this season of our life. Um, so all I can say is we can make our plans, but God definitely directs our steps and he's not just a joy to my husband and I, but even to our daughters. And it's kind of cool because it's kind of the one thing that brings my girls back. Mm. We have to get home to see Ty. We want to, you know, we want to do our family activities because we want to give Ty those memories. So he's definitely been a blessing. That's amazing. Isn't it so sweet how God sees what we actually need before we see it Mm -hmm. and provides that. And, you know, years ago, you probably never would have imagined that this is what it would have looked like. And now, you know, what a blessing that has been. And I know it's. Yeah. And I think it's kind of cool because we weren't really looking to adopt at the age we were doing foster care as a family ministry. But I think the cool thing when we got Ty, um, they asked us if we would pay, um, foster him for just a couple of months. And I always go back to if they would have probably picked up the phone. Now, we didn't know him from Adam. So if they would have, he's three weeks old. If, they, if I would have picked up the phone and they said, would you like to adopt this little boy? We would have been like, oh, no, no, no. You know, we're 46. We're not looking to adopt. We're just fostering. I would never have probably said yes. But God had to move in through the back door, just thinking it was only going to be a couple months. And of course, by the time he was eight months, because it was more than a couple months, he was on my hip calling me ma, ma, ma. And when they asked us if we would adopt him, there was, it was an answer. Yes. So I, I think it's neat how God just brings, you know, these situations to you, but in a very gentle, soft way and not just boom, will you do this at 46 years old? And, you know, you're kind of like, ah, I'm starting all over again. I probably would have not said yes. Yeah. Um, So it's neat how God just has his way of softening our hearts. Yes, he does. And he's so sovereign in doing that. And it's neat to be able to look back and see the faithfulness of him through all of that. And you can see the thread, but in the moment when you were fostering at what led you guys to go from kind of the light at the end of the tunnel to we're going to start fostering as a family ministry. What kind of brought you to that point? Well, actually you did, Shelly. Oh. <laughs> I think you 
my heart. And we were doing piano lessons and um, we knew that we were not really looking necessarily to adopt again, but we were looking to do some foster care. I think you were the one that even um, put us onto our agency, which ended up being just such a blessing. And it was, I was homeschooling at the time and we just felt like it was going to be a cool ministry to um, do for our girls. I had four daughters and we were at home and we were fostering and we just thought it was really neat to be able to have these babies come in. And my girls did such an awesome job learning how to take care of those babies. Also, the other thing I thought was really cool was, you know, we're kind of like in this little bubble, homeschooling, doing all this stuff. But yet when you have these situations come in, you really are awakened to what the world real world is like and start having like, Oh, not everyone has a mom and dad, not everyone. And so it, it really made my, my girls sensitive to really what was happening outside of our little home. And at the same time, a way that our house could give to a, to a situation. And so it really was a really kind of start out kind of just being a family ministry um, and just letting our girls realize what really is out there. And then of course, um, Ty was one of the last children that we fostered and ended up adopting. But, but all that to say, it was just, it was more like we're just set out to kind of like use it as a ministry to kind of show our girls. There's so much we can do to just situations that they're just weren't used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And what an intentional decision for you as parents to say, Hey, we are in more of this insulated environment. What are some creative ways that we can really give our kids a bigger world perspective while at the same time, being able to guide them through that process, as opposed to just opening the door and throwing them out and saying, you know, good luck, like, let's do this as a family. Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. a beautiful example of just an intentional parenting decision, but practically Mm -hmm. like, as you're talking, I'm like, Oh, this sounds so amazing. Like this is incredible. Uh, Like from a practical perspective, how in the world did you do that to be homeschooling and now taking on this ministry? And then at the same time, were you also a health coach at the same time? So how -hmm. are you doing all of those things? Like, how did you manage all of that? Well, there's definitely seasons. I would say when I was, um, schooling and we were doing foster care, I still had my health coaching, um, business because that kind of was birthed out of my own story, um, of being, uh, in my thirties, um, I was homeschooling. I was taking care of everyone, but myself, I was ground running. I would not have breakfast. I would get to noon. I would be making the girls lunches. I would be eating what I was making them. I had just gotten myself in a really bad place. So that kind of was birthed out of just realizing one day, cause I have, um, heart disease in my family. And my brother, who was four years older than me, passed away in his sleep with a heart attack, leaving his seven kids. And he, they were homeschooling at the time under 10. And that just woke me up because I was, I remember sitting on the couch with my oldest, throwing my head back, going, my head was just, just hurting so bad. And that was when my blood pressure was really high. And my doctor said, you're going to be on that same track if you don't do something. So that woke me up. So that was birth out of my own need to realize I have to take care of myself. If I'm going to take care of this home, 
and these kids and my husband, I have to make myself a priority. Mm-hmm. So I became very much a passion line because I did, I went on an awesome program. I lost 45 pounds. It's been 14 years now. And my health has been really important to me because I tell people all the time, I could not do what I do now if I was in the same state or worse than I was 14 years ago. So my health was important to me. So even though I uh, maybe had to put um, some things aside, my health, my personal health was important to me. I needed to get up and take care of myself. And I tell moms all the time, cause I hear moms that they're exhausted. They can't make it through the end of the day. They're sleeping on the couch when their kids get home from school, all these things. And I'm like, you, you have to do something about that because you can't show up for all these other things if you're not doing well. Mm. So, so I got my health in check 14 years ago and it's been a journey. I tell people all the time, I, I contend for health, you know, my health every day, you know, it doesn't make it easier. It just makes it, I'm just, it's just important to me. Mm-hmm. So then in homeschooling and doing foster care, there's definitely seasons um, that took precedence over my kids when I was homeschooling was um, something that was important to us. And we had to set our attentions on doing what we knew we need to do to complete what we need to done with those girls. So then things fell in around that in different seasons. So now that my girls are older and my son does attend um, a Christian school, I have more time for my, you know, health coaching business. So that kind of takes a little bit more of my, my time. But so every season I have learned, and, and this is the one thing I would really recommend anyone to do in every season you have to figure out what your big rocks are. Yes. Most important thing in that season. Yes. And you have to get those rocks in your schedule. And if it's taking care of yourself and it's getting up and doing a little exercise or doing whatever, you put those rocks in and then anything else can fall around that. So my rocks always have changed. You know, um, I still, I'm old fashioned. So I still have a, a calendar that you open up and it's like, spreadsheet for me and I can kind of see my week but before the month starts I always put my rocks in and then I know what I can say yes to because we can obviously have a lot of things that come at us and I was probably guilty in one of the seasons of my life to say just yes to everything that oh yeah you need that done oh sure sure and then I would wear myself thin so I've learned to to put my rocks in and whatever's important to me in that season and then fill it in with other things and not feel guilty outside of that. Mm, That is such a word because I think as moms, we feel like we have to say yes to all the things and then we get burned out. And then we feel guilty about all the things that we've said yes to and not shown up well for, or all the things Mm -hmm. we've said yes to. And then we have to back out of because we're overcommitted. And really that is such a simple thing is to just open your calendar, put the big rocks in first And Mm -hmm. then that gives confidence and freedom to be able to breathe and say that confident. No, if you know, it's not going to fit or that confident. Yes. I know I have margin for this. So on a practical level, you know, you talked about prioritizing school, obviously when you were in those seasons of homeschooling and then the foster care came later, what about prioritizing for your marriage? Because I know that that's important to you and you and your husband are such a beautiful example of prioritizing and being intentional about that. What did that look like for you in those intense seasons of homeschooling and raising elementary age kids? 
Well, I will honestly say um, that has probably been the rock that has always been there. So there's be rocks that change, but um, fortunately I was, my husband and I learned really early on in our marriage that our marriage was important. And if something happened to this relationship, everything else would fall apart. So we honestly have always made our marriage priority and it looked different in every season. Um, when the kids were little, it was just um, spending time with each other every evening after dinner. So our kids could see that. Um, we always our date nights. Um, we're really good about taking at least one trip a year by ourselves. Um, now, has it always been perfect? No, there's sometimes weeks go by and we're like, oh my goodness, we are like two ships in the night. I mean, so I'm not saying that we've been perfect, but I will say that that rock has always been there. There's always been something that we have literally has, have put in as a priority. Um, and I think now that my kids are adults, I think they really appreciate that. Um, they appreciate that they still have a mom and dad that still love each other and that we're, we're showing up for time. And, um, and we spend a lot of time with each other. And I think a lot of times people get to the season of life that we are in and they wonder who this person is. Yeah. And, and we really, to be honest with you, we enjoy being together and we're not looking at each other like, who are you? I haven't seen you in 29 years. Yeah. Not like that. And, um, but that has always been a rock that we will put our schedule. We had for the most part, a weekly date night and you can be creative on that. I, I worked with a lot of moms that say, well, we don't have babysitters or we don't have the money. And it's like, there are creative ways that you can do that. So we had date nights, um, and, and just that practice thing of spending the 10 minutes, 15 minutes talking about our day before all the chaos of the evening comes. We were, we were consistent in doing that. Mm, so good. I will never forget y'all, um, Lisa and her husband, Bruce, encouraging Brian and I to have couch time. That's what she's talking about. It's couch time. As soon as husband comes in from work, or as soon as you both come in from work, you just take five or 10 minutes. You set the clock, you tell the kids, this is mommy and daddy time. And they're not allowed to interrupt unless there's an emergency, um, mm. like blood spewing kind of emergency. And that has been so tremendous for us that just little nugget of the kids being able to see us being married, not just cohabitating. And I think that's something yeah. that's hard in those busy seasons is you forget that you actually look like a cohabitating couple, as opposed to a married couple to your kids. Mm. And that has just been so pivotal for us. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, I think one of the things that were told to us right when we first got married is that this, we were a family before we added to our family. And a lot of people think they don't become a family till they add children. But, you know, we all know in Genesis when they, you know, man and woman, it was a very good thing. um, We just always um, knew that we didn't want to spend our life bringing these children in because we all know that children can zap you of your energy, your emotion, everything. And even as they get older, it doesn't get easier with the, all the emotions and all that. I mean, my husband, oh, I you mean, it doesn't get easier. Lisa, you're supposed <laughs> to say it gets easier. <laughs> people would tell me that people say, Oh, it, I, I'm like, Oh, when they're young, they're like, I can't wait till they grow up more. And I'm like, Oh, really? Honestly, just enjoy it. And even now it's interesting because even though my kids are like, pretty much adults, except for the tie, the, I'm still, I mean, you are still, I mean, with, at least with my kids, you know, I, it's funny because instead of going to bed at a decent time, 
my husband and I can crawl into bed and we could have one child at a time coming in. It could go from 9.30 to 10.30, a different child coming in and telling us about their day. So it definitely, there again, it kind of, you have to carve out that time for your husband because they can still take care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They will easily fill it up. If they see that there is a a moment there, they will certainly jump in. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Lisa, this is, I could sit and talk to you all day. All of these little gold nuggets, I feel like are tools that we all need to have in our toolbox. Um, One last question I would have for you is if you could go back to maybe that really intense season, the most intense season, they're all intense um, in their own ways. But if you could go back and maybe tell the younger version of yourself, give her advice. What is something that you would tell her, um, that you feel like would be, um, maybe more of an anchor in that season, or that would have maybe helped you take care of yourself better in those intense seasons? Like what kind of advice would you give her? Well, I get to do it all over again in some ways. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, I've thought about this. I think where I'm different than when I raised the the first four is I've learned not to react. I think as, I think when I look back, I think when my kids and we were going through those intense seasons of just them growing and asking questions, taking a deep breath and just realize they're just asking a question instead of like, well, why, why, why are you, why are you asking that? You know, or you think they're going to, you know, go off the deep end or something because they're asking a question. And I think that when I look back, I think, you know, I wish I would have just been a little bit more like, well, tell me more about that. Tell me why you feel that way. Um, and taking a deep breath and not reacting. Cause I think I did a lot of, you know, I kind of reacted a lot and I look back and I think, no, they were just asking, they were just wondering, um, And I think if we can learn to be, this is, if you can learn to be a good listener and not not as they're talking, getting the answer ready to come out, I think, I I think I just need to sit back and really, and if I don't understand what they're saying, ask more questions to understand what they're saying, where I think I was too quick to soon as they said something, whatever it may be, I mean, who knows what, it, what it was, there was definitely moments that you just, re, you just talked, you just reacted and you just kind of like went over their feelings. And I think that when I look back over the seasons and I'm so grateful because I have good relationships with all my children and they're wonderful, but I just wish I would have been that more that mother that just kind of sat back a little bit and just like listened without reacting. Mm. And because of, pretty much they were just questions or wondering about something or, or don't jump to, you know, just don't jump to conclusions. I mean, you just listen to what they're saying. I think that with Ty, it's interesting because he'll say something and I just find myself like, well, you know, why do you think that? Or, you know, where it says like, why are you thinking that? (laughs) So, you know, I just think it's just interesting how you can come full circle and you can just take a deep breath and just take a deep breath, you know? And, and I think too is key. I kept things very simple. Try not to clutter your life with a bunch of stuff. Just keep things, um, 
super simple. One thing that we did also do that we are doing with Ty, it's a little different because there's three of us for most nights, is we sat down and had dinner with each other almost every single night, had dinner together. And let me tell you, when my kids left the home and went to different things like college and all, they were shocked. They thought everyone had dinner together at night. They were shocked to find out that that, that you have dinner, you had dinner with your family. That hit me. Like the simplest things that we can do with our kids um, turns out to be a huge thing that they realized that home must have been special because I thought everyone had dinner together. And to this day, my girls know if they are home, even as adults, and we sit down, they will come down, even if they have eaten, and they will sit with us. Amazing. Even 15 minutes, because they know that that time was precious to us. So just those little simple things to keep that routine and that um, family identity going. Mm. Really that is so does a lot. And I'm listening to you too, and, and picking up, picking up on two things that you're saying. One is to be a good listener. You have to have the mental margin and the emotional margin to be able to ask the questions. And so by, by taking care of yourself, you're actually Mm -hmm. setting yourself up to be that good listener because you're less reactive, right? When you're Mm -hmm. not tired and overwhelmed and stressed and you know, all that. And then the second thing saying that really, I think we carry a lot of guilt that we're not spending enough time with our children. And it's not the amount of time, it's the quality of time. Uh So just sitting and asking them a few questions, connecting with them, you know, eye to eye, or even sitting at the dinner table can be so much to fill up their cup to really give them that confidence and identity. And what, what an incredible gift. Mm -hmm. So those, those two nuggets are just so good, I think, to walk away from, especially for those of you who are in that season of intensity, you're building a business maybe, or maybe you're in an intense season in your home or maybe both and COVID for sure. If you're listening to this in 2021, we've just come out of COVID. Um, all of those things are seasons of intensity. And mm-hmm. so recognizing the simplicity that you can choose in those times of intentionality can really help build that ripple effect that mm-hmm. Lisa's experiencing now with her adult children and now getting to go through that again, um, starting over with Ty. So mm-hmm. thank you, Lisa, so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I'm excited for our listeners and our viewers to be able to connect with you. I will share all of your Facebook handles so we can follow along with Ty's baseball journey. <laughs> I got my t-shirt. <laughs> and cheer him on, but it's been such a joy. And thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that this episode today has encouraged you that wherever you are, wherever God has you walking, whatever season you're in, you can make an impact that will one day lead to a legacy impacting generations to come. If you would like to learn more about Cultivate, and how you can continue making an impact in your home and in your business, you can check us out at cultivatelegacy.org or follow us on Instagram at cultivate underscore legacy.